salvation that people have found in the Savior. Oh, let's give a warm welcome to Peter as he comes to share us uh, his story. David, can I? It's one of these mics I can use as well. Yes, yeah. yes, no problem. You want two mics? No, yeah, just, I'll need it. As you know, um, as David introduced me, and um, I'm here with um, Debbie, my wife, my son Roderick. He's um, non-verbal autistic, so he might be walking about or doing his kind of noises, but he's just a really good child. And also here with Ben as well, and he's a, a blessing too as well. It's right. um, as a, a wee boy, I was probably around the age of seven or eight when I came to know the Lord and it was in a time when I was up in the island of Lewis and I used to attend church and also attend Sunday school and scripture union when I lived up in, in Perth and in Perth I used to attend the no- Perth Knox Free Church and it was where um, the Reverend David Patterson used to minister there and also Mrs McLennan, my Sunday school teacher and she taught also at my school as well, so I was quite blessed to, to see her every day. I used to love Sunday school and also the, the scripture union, and I just loved the, my time there with Jesus. And also just loved praying and just being close to Jesus. And these were kind of instrumental times in my life, and I was so glad that my mother had taken my wee brother and sister along to um, to the, the church meetings and also to the, to the Sunday school. But there was a, a story that David Patterson that really gripped me when I was a child. And um, he had, it used to be the children's story in the morning, and it was um, a story called about um, Timothy String. And David had like a prop, something like this. This is like. This is kind of Timothy Strings' kind of grandson, and kind of looked like this. But um, Timothy String, um, Mr. Parkson used to have a, a board on the on the platform, and they had different holes on the on the on the board, and they kind of travelled all his life stories, what he had travelled through, and it was kind of based on the scripture in Matthew 7 verses 13. In 14, um, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go by it, 
because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are a few who find it. And on top of that board, he had the narrow gate and he had the wide gate. And when Timothy String had travelled through, he had a choice to make, either to take the, the narrow gate or the wide gate. And this is where Timothy had that choice and he had taken the narrow gate where he had gone through the hole and all the knots and since had gone away. My family life, well, my mother was from the, uh, the, from the Western Isles, the Isle of Lewis, and we lived in a place called Point. And my family were kind of um, mostly Free Church of Scotland and Free Presbyterian uh, members, with some of my family being um, uh, ministers and also doing some mission work there as well. So Sundays up in the island of Lewis was kind of a nightmare because we weren't allowed out, we weren't allowed to, to go out and play or things like that. But in the house, my granddad, he had um, various books, various kind of Christian books. And there was one book that I was more interested in, and that was his Bible. It was, a, it was a, the Bible that he had with him morning and night. And he had this he had this thing where he would, he would call the books where in the morning and evening he would get before the Lord in the kitchen and he would be praying and he would read some scripture and he would read the Psalms and also he would um, finish in prayer. He was always one for, for, um, for praying and I always remember my Auntie Marion says always look at your granddad and just remember of the power of prayer. So when I was um, when I was then converted, I had a, a picture in my bedroom up in Storm, up in in Portaguese, up in the Isle of Lewis, and the picture had like a, a little boy um, kneeling on the bed and praying, and this was probably from one of my aunties as when she was a child and and this is how I knew about Timothy String I knew what life was and how sin was and it worked for me I knew at times um, when I used to lie and I used to tie a knot and I used to steal and I was always hitting my brother and sister. <laughs> and I was always um, even talking back to my mother and my dad. And I was just um, just, uh, just a really a disobedient kid. And I also kind of cheated. Always liked to kind of sin. And this was when... And this was when... Um, there's been one night that I was really convicted of my sin and I just followed that young child, that young boy in the picture and I really prayed my heart out and asked the Lord to forgive my sins. And in the matter of night, I woke up with a, a kind of peace about me and it was great and I knew that all my sins were 
taken away and sometimes I think about it being converted a young just being a converted young boy but I also had that kind of peace about me and I had that kind of fire for the Lord and it was just amazing just to come back from my holidays and back to Perth and see my school teacher and I told her about what happened and it was really quite good that she understood what I had gone through. Um, later in years I kind of drifted away, I kind of backslid into the world and I got um, life got in the way of me. I used to train as a sprinter doing athletics and also spent um, a time as an apprentice decorator and at that time I kind of lost real passion for Christ and when I was about the age of 16 I kind of faded away into the world. I still prayed to Jesus at times but I had no hunger for the Bible to hear God's voice and little by little did I know that God never gave up on me. He never faded away. He never let me go. So late on in my, twent- in my 20s I was drinking and I was really doing things out of character. I could take out, take out most of the abominations of Romans 1, 29-32. I was a real backslidden mess. I was a real yo-yo in my faith. And at times I used to have a Gideon's New Testament Bible. It had the Bible verses in it at the start that used to read these verses. And they really helped me come back to the Lord and, and you really helped me in prayer. But at times I also felt the Holy Spirit convicting me of my sin. And I always kind of pulled away from him. And these times I never had that comfort from the Lord. And... I knew at times I was under his chastisement and on these occasions he was trying to break me. But there was one morning when I had woken up and it was like something had really sent a thunderbolt um, through me and it was the Holy Spirit. He was really going for me and I woke up and all I could feel was I really wanted Jesus. I really wanted to get back to him and the only way I could do it was going back to church and after a while I went back to the, the Pear Free Church and that was under the ministry of David of um, Duncan MacLeod and um, Duncan's preaching was really convicting and, and at times when he had used to preach and that I used to really dig my fingers under the chair and really hold on because um, I really didn't want I was getting convicted, but I was just trying to stop the Holy Spirit working in me. So I drifted backwards and forwards, and and Duncan always called me the prodigal son. He was so graceful towards me, and I think sometimes he was really angry at me at some times, but I know if he had come to me, I would have just put up more walls. So... My Christian life was a, a real roller coaster. I was a real mess. I was listening to um, false prosperity teachings that you get on the TV and radio. 
And these were kind of the, the hyper-grace um, liberal teachings and also kind of the, there was kind of the legalistic ones as well. And, but the hyper-grace ones, they give you like a, a license to, to do any sin. And it was crazy and you didn't have to confess or even take responsibility of your sin. And I was in dangerous grounds before the Lord. I was in an awful strait in prayer. I was trying to live in a sinless perfection like Christ and crucify the old man thinking it was the flesh with what I'd learnt listening to the false teachings of another movement called the holiness movement. And to be honest, these holiness preachers are suffocating in the sin of their own pride and they sometimes they don't even see it. So nowadays I keep away from the TV kind of channels, TV religious channels. So I met Debbie um, in 2002 and later she became my wife. We didn't have the perfect relationship before the Lord, but we had wonderful Christians like Pastor Kevin Gresham, Neil Hartridge and Caroline Davidson and Ted Sharper who helped restore us after we had repented. And Debbie and Kevin, they had put me on the straight path, theology-wise, but Kevin, he was an independent Baptist, and he got me out of the grips of the kind of liberal and legalistic kind of teachings. But things got better. It was when I was looking on a website called sermonaudio.com, I found the ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church um, listening to Ian Paisley. And I found a man that used to train under him called Dr. Alan Cairns of Greenville, US, of Greenville in the USA. And, he, and this was something that really had really gripped me. It was in 2005, I was listening regularly to him. But on the, there was a, an annual conference in Ballymena. And he was teaching on, on, a, on um, the old man crucified from Romans 6, verse 67. It says here this, Knowing this, that the old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died has been justified from sin. And Dr. Cairns kind of refutes this idea of the two-nature theory that has been of, that kind of has been taught um, in these verses, and and he says that the two natures are like like you are living to have a multiple kind of personality personality disorder where you're totally confused, and you can see closely at, at this verse. It says here the old man was was crucified by, with him. Um, and when the old man was crucified, the new man came into existence. They both are a one-time occurrence and irreversible. And as the, you are a, a new man, you are continually being renewed. You see, my old thinking was that the, the old man, where the holiness preachers were saying that God had commanded you to put the flesh to death and make it a dead corpse. And when I was struggling with sin, feeling that I was living in constant disobedience towards God, and I felt a failure. But I was a failure for nothing, because in all reality, God himself, 
His word never commands us what is impossible to do. And as scripture doesn't ever tell you to crucify the old man, the wonderful revelation is that God crucified the old man with Christ on the cross when we were saved. In these moments, the tension of years fell away. So I still struggle with sin. Now I have a solid kind of faith in Christ. I know what it takes to to know him again as my personal saviour. And and it's just amazing just to walk and talk with him every day. And he and and it's great because he has never he has never left me. And sometimes I struggle with sin, but it is a, a constant struggle. But I fall sometimes into particular sins, and and I totally hate it. And I think, why did I do that? But I confess and I repent of it, and I get back on my feet and back to my walk with the Lord. At times I'm tempted to sin. I have the choice of either to, to flee from the sin or fall from the sin. And I had a great talk with a brother last week. He says that he, scriptures, um, he's, he memorizes scriptures and he heads out and goes for a run as he memorizes these scriptures, as he recalls them, it really helps him. And these kind of, that kind of way helps me as I go out on my hike. Um, so, so in 2005, I was being brought up as a Presbyterian and I felt a desire to be baptised and to show publicly to the world that proclaiming my faith in Christ, that I was born again to testify my identification with Christ's death, burial and resurrection. So that on the 